Hey guys, it is Janie here coming at you with a new little series. What I'll be doing is I will have basically a topic that we cover over about a four-week time span. So right now I am covering a very important topic to many of us right now, which is hiring. It seems like there are a lot of challenges in this area. I have been an employer myself for the last 24 years, and definitely one of the things that I have learned in that amount of time is one of the most important things about hiring is the preparation phase. It's definitely not something that is just a knee-jerk reaction to being busy, like, oh my gosh, I've got to hire people. This is something that you really need to seriously think through before you do it. Um, if you don't do that, then you might risk a super bad hire. Um, let's see, an employee who left and took half of your client files. Uh, another employee who, you know, these are just hypothetical, right? Had a 12-year-old son that really liked stealing uh, the little Disney pins that you get. Um, just totally hypothetical, completely. Um one pet sitter that you weren't paying attention to back before you had software that just completely flipped out and didn't go see a cat for an entire week. Hypothetical, of course. You get what I mean. You definitely want to think through your hiring process and make sure that you are prepared and your systems and processes are prepared. So when you bring that person on, first of all, you find the right person and then you bring them on board and you're able to train them correctly. So um, I actually have notes. Usually I like to talk to you guys off the cuff, but there was a lot of information I wanted to include with this. So give me a little grace as I look at my notes. I'm not special enough to have a teleprompter or anything like that yet. So, um, I mean, of course, right now we actually have some benefit. I don't know if you've noticed it, if you've been trying to hire uh, with the coming recession. Well, the recession is here. With the recession, uh, the labor market is actually starting to loosen up. Um, in our company, we've actually hired six people in the last two weeks. Um, gosh, we were hardly getting six applications nine months ago. So there definitely is a huge difference that we are seeing in our area and you might also be seeing in your area. Um, of course, this is the time with the record growth that a lot of us are seeing to go ahead and hire, beef up your staffing and get as much market share as you can. That is going to be really important as we're going into the recession is making sure that you have enough of a client base to pull from in case, you know, people start decreasing their travel or their midday dog walking. Um, okay, so we're just going to talk about the what and the why of the preparation phase. Um, it, this works really no matter what part of the freedom formula that you're in. So, I mean, if you're a starter, you might be considering hiring. Um, this will be good information for you. Um, if you're a grower or an expander, you probably already have employees on board. You might be looking to take on more employees. You need to beef up those systems underneath just to make sure that it's going to be a successful hire and a long-term hire, which is hugely important. So um, the four phases of the hiring profit process would be, of course, preparation that we're talking about today. Uh, then there is your sourcing and your uh, writing your job ad 
and that whole system that you have built into, you know, going through applicants and how you process your applicants, then uh, of course there's the interview process. That is a whole thing all to itself is the skill of being able to interview, behavioral interviewing, finding the right questions to be able to hear what you need to and be able to read in between the lines to make sure you're hearing the right thing that they're saying. And then, of course, the last phase of hiring someone is being able to properly onboard them so they are an excellent future team member. So first thing that we need to talk about if you're considering hiring in any phase is that nasty six-letter word, budget. So everyone should have a personal budget. That is kind of a given. If you don't, you know how to get one. There's what uh, you, you need a budget. A lot of people like using that app service, which is wonderful. You also need to have a budget, budget, a business budget. Can you tell it is the end of my day? So of course, why would I be talking about a budget in a conversation about hiring? It really is the cornerstone. You need to make sure that you are profitable before you hire. You need to make sure that you have a good financial foundation so you can hire. So, um, oh, of course, if you are in any of those early phases in business, uh, the starter grower, even in the expander phase where you already have a team underneath you, you are probably still out doing the pet care yourself. Um, occasionally, I end up doing that myself also. I have been where you are. Uh, so you might have come from a corporate background where you had a set salary. Uh, you might have come from, you know, perhaps a job that didn't have a lot of growth or expansion. So you have had really a set income until you started your business. With the amazing growth that we have right now, a lot of people are super busy. Um, if you are like I was, I would be up at six, walking dogs, and I would pretty much fall into bed about 10 p.m., usually seven days a week. Can you relate to that? Um, especially with as busy as we are right now. So it didn't give you a lot of margin for anything else. It was exhausting. It was hard to keep up with phone calls. You might be relating to what I'm saying right now. So one of the kind of side things with that is you are bringing in the bank. Um, it might be more money than you have dealt with. In my case, it was more than I had ever dealt with. Um, I started my company when I was, uh, you know, I just turned 23 years old. So I didn't have a lot of financial knowledge. I was not raised in a family that had any financial knowledge. Um, my mother is not a stranger to any Walmart. So, um, it's just not any education that I had for my basis. Y'all might be different on that. But I can tell you that if the money was in my bank account, that it was like burning a hole in my pocket. I'm like, woohoo, I have the amount of money to spend that is literally in my bank account. So, you know, just to use some really easy numbers for some of you, $25 might be what you're charging for a visit. If you are working these long days, you could be bringing in $300 a day. Um, I mean, that's going to be $6,000 a year. Sorry, $6,000 a month and like $72,000 a year. Um, I can tell you, I never made that when I worked as a vet tech. I never made that when I worked in retail. And I certainly also did not make that when I was a 
critical care cardiac nurse. So that is pretty darn good money. Um, we're all working hard for it, but I don't want you to get stuck in the trap that I did 20 years ago. Well, okay, maybe even up until 10 years ago of feeling like if there was money in the account to go ahead and spend it. So you do need to come up with a budget, budget, budget. So take a look at all of your expenses and make sure that you have them lined up, that they are under control. Um, so three things, three key things for your business finances to look at. Get a budget. Definitely get a budget. John Maxwell says that a budget is simply telling your money where you want it to go instead of wondering where it went at the end of the month. If you've ever heard the concept of um, do you have more month at the end of your money, that is not what you want to have. So um, number two, we have irregular income. Our income in pet business is based off of demand. So you are going to have some months where you're rolling in it. That might be your spring break. That might be your summer. That might be your December for the holidays. Whatever month it is, what I want you to do is take your last 12 months of your gross revenue for your company, add it all together, divide it by 12 months, and figure out what your average is per month. So let's say you average $2,000 per month or 40 uh $24,000 a year. That is actually kind of low. Okay, let's say that you make $3,000 per month. Let's at least make, you know, something that makes a little bit more sense. So you're making $3,000 per month on average, which is $36,000 over the year. Let's say you have one month that is amazing and you actually bring in $3,500 that month. This is your money that you actually get to take home after expenses. So this month, $3,500, woohoo! do we go out and buy a new TV? No, what you really need to do is take that $500, put it into a separate business bank account and leave it alone because you're going to have a month like January or February where you might only be bringing in $2,000. You're gonna to need to go into that money and take it out and use it for your personal expenses so you can pay your bills. So you want to make sure that you figure out what that average is and anything over it is going to automatically go into a separate bank account so it is there when you need it. Something I learned very early on to make sure that I had enough to pay my rent. Uh, you also need to develop retained earnings. I don't know if you know what those are. Really, that is money that normally would go to you as personal income. So it is the net that you get out of the company. But you figure out a percentage with every deposit that you do or maybe on a regular schedule of weekly or bi-weekly that you move that percent, even if it's as low as 1% or 2% of your top-line revenue, to a completely separate bank, completely separate bank account. Now, that is your money, but what you're doing is you're marking it as retained earnings for your business. This is your emergency fund in case something happens in your company that you can still pull from. So we have been using this process. It is actually part of Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Lowski's uh, book, Profit, 
first. Um, I definitely recommend that highly. If you have not read it, we started the profit first method about five years ago, and it completely changed our business finances for the better. So I highly recommend that. Um, he does talk, of course, about having that retained earnings account. He does cause it calls it his profit first account. So, uh, so that is something you definitely want to have in your business. So another thing that you need to do after, of course, you get your budget and your baseline of your finances together is you need to evaluate your prices for profitability. If you do not have enough margin built into your pricing to give you a good, healthy profit at the end of take home, then what on earth are you doing this for? Um, there are people out there that are still charging $15 for uh, a base 30 minute visit. There is just no way that is sustainable long term. So you need to calculate uh, based off of, of course, your expenses. You want to make sure that take home wise that you have enough to sustain yourself and to grow your business. Um, pricing wise, you can, of course, the easy thing is to check and see what the neighbors are doing. You can always uh, look at the competitors in the area. You can look at any of the online pricing calculators, but I really recommend doing it based off of your actual expenses and backtrack to figure out what that most effective pricing is going to be for you. And make sure that you have a schedule to regularly increase it because of course, every year cost of living goes up. That is a guarantee. Of course, right now with inflation, it's on a little bit of hyperspeed. So definitely make sure that you dig into that relationship between your income expenses to make sure you have a good balance with your pricing. Next thing that you need to consider whenever you're hiring is coming up with a compensation plan for your employees. And I do very specifically say employees here. I only encourage uh, pet sitting companies to have employees. You will never hear me encourage you to have independent contractors. I don't feel like that is a way to grow a healthy, consistent, repeatable business that is uh, great for the marketplace and great for pet care. So um, I can talk to you about it. I had them for 14 years, but again, I don't have them now for a reason. So compensation wise, number one, make sure it is a flat rate, not a percentage. There is a lot of rationale behind that, but you do want to come with either flat rate or hourly. Make sure that it's going to be a competitive rate. It has to accommodate, of course, minimum wage for your state. It has to accommodate drive time. So if you have a uh, staff that goes on a 30 minute visit and it takes an average of 15 minutes to get between visits, then you need to make sure they're compensated for 45 minutes of their time, according to minimum wage. You want to make sure, of course, that the compensation is competitive. Find out what other locations in the area are charging. Uh, retail stores around here are compensating anywhere between 14 and $16 an hour. So keep that in mind. There is a lot of inherent value for people in getting to work with pets because it is so emotionally rewarding, but emotionally rewarding only goes so far. So you have to make sure you are still close to the market to be able to attract the best people. 
uh, you have to make sure you're covering their vehicle expenses. That is a requirement for employees in every state. Um, if you are reported to the Department, Department of Labor, they are going to look and make sure that any expenses that your employee is taking on is being compensated by you and not dropping them below that minimum wage. So whether you bake in mileage compensation into their base rate, or if you choose to pay them tax-free mileage reimbursement through an accountable plan, I have a previous video on all of that information. You want to make sure that you do cover their mileage and vehicle expenses. So you also want to make sure that you have room to advance based on marketing conditions. If there continues to be inflation, you're going to need to increase your employees' compensation to keep them happy and keep them on board. It's way easier to retain an employee than it is to find, hire, and train a new one. So we want to keep our great people happy. So you want to make sure that you can give them increases, whether you like to give merit-based increases, or if you are going to choose to give time-based increases, like every six months or every year you give some form of an increase to your employees, you need to make sure you have room to advance. If you start high on the top, then there's not a lot of wiggle room and you don't want your employees' compensation to be stagnant. You want them to feel like they have some place that they are actually going. And of course, if you are hiring people, even if you already have other staff, if you're hiring new people on, now is the time to make those changes. Keep everyone that you have at their current compensation because nobody likes to have their compensation paid with, but anyone new, you can put them under a different compensation plan and gradually over time, you will have that rollover. So at this point, we do have our financials set up for success for hiring. If this is your first hire, very first hire, a lot of other things that you need to take into consideration. Uh, you need to, of course, compare the scale that you've come up with for compensation to your pricing. You want to make sure you have a good balance there. And what I mean by balance, uh, the industry, typically when you have employees, you want to stay under 55% um, of your cost of service, meaning whatever you pay your employees, including all in all of your employment expenses and workers' compensation, you don't want that to be more than 55% of your revenue. Meaning for every $100 of revenue that you have employees take care of, that service that they do. So $25 a visit, an employee does four visits, your company brings in $100 of revenue, you don't want the expense of that employee doing those four visits to be more than $55. Pretty easy round numbers to work with. So you need to figure out with your base budget, personal budget, you need to figure out with your base budget, get down to the nuts and bolts, how much do you actually need to make yourself? look at the total number of visits that you're doing, figure out how many visits you need to do to come up with that same amount of money. Understanding that your employees will be working and you will have profit coming from that also. So you would like to, on the early end, at least be able to offload 30 to 40% of your work because then you can go and you can generate 
more business by working on your business in your spare time. Rinse and repeat. Give more business to the new people. Hire more people. That's how you are able to grow. So here's some other things that you need to do if this is your first hire. Of course, you need to get an employer identification number. Um, you need to talk to your state and make sure you have your paperwork um, on board and filed. If you already have an accountant, you need to go ahead and talk to them about possibly setting up payroll through them. There are payroll companies that you can also go through. You can do it yourself. I did my own payroll and my own quarterly deposits for several years with four employees, I would not recommend it. I was just bullheaded enough to do it at that point, but you do not want to make a mistake. I can tell you if you do not pay your payroll taxes, the IRS will come knocking at your door, hypothetically speaking. So make sure that you start it out correctly. So several other things that you need to do as you get set up with employees for the first time, that is certainly something there's a lot of education on. I don't have enough time to talk about that today because that would roll into at least another half an hour. Um, of course, workers' compensation, even if you have one single employee, you want to make sure that they are protected from any injuries on the job and also that your business is protected because you are liable for any injuries that they have on the job. So now we have got all of our ducks in a row and we are ready to get people hired, but it is definitely not time to hire yet. The other thing that you really need to consider is people are going to think different than you. Even if you have policies that you've been operating under, um, even if you have um, operations, the way that you deal with clients, you want to make sure that the experience that your clients have is consistent and repeatable, that they know what to expect, high quality care every time. So you need to get that plan in place for these employees. You need to have, of course, at the base level, just to uh, make sure you're covered on all the legal issues, you need to have your employee handbook that talks about the different company policies, harassment, time off, everything that is involved in an employee handbook. You can find boilerplate handbooks online. You just need to cross-reference those with your state to make sure that you have everything in there you need to get that out there and get that developed. Another thing you need to have is clearly written policies, not in your head policies that you're telling people, written down policies that are crystal clear for both your clients and for your employees. And absolutely have an operations manual. I always thought, gee, there's common sense that people have and they're going to understand how to do things. But there's nothing else I've realized over 25 years. My definition of common sense and responsibility sometimes is way different from what other people actually come to the table with. So I definitely recommend having things written down. You want to make sure concise that you go over it completely during your onboarding period and you repeat things regularly. Definitely important. Of course, uh, this is a super exciting time for you. If you need to hire, that means you're growing, which is wonderful right now. That means you are growing to even need to be able to hire an employee. So congratulations for being at that point in your business that you do need to hire. I can't even think of how many employees I've hired over the years. 
um, this is my 25th anniversary. I've had employees for 24 years. It has been a lot. <laughs> so, um, so definitely be excited for yourself. Be proud of yourself and your business that you are at this point that you do need to hire. Super exciting. So like I said, we are going to continue discussions over the next several weeks. Um, next week, we are going to be talking about sourcing employees, different places you can go to find them, how to set up your actual um, job offer, um, you know, what that really needs to look like, where you can put that information. And then, of course, the intake of applicants, what you need to go through to get to that process. So make sure that you tune in to our channels here on Facebook. You'll see links, of course, on Instagram. We do repost the audio of this to the podcast Pet Biz Hive. Uh, you can email me at any time at petsitterguru.com if you have any questions or comments. I am all ears on that. Um, speaking of making sure I provide some value, just wanted to let you know that next on June the 30th, which is a Thursday, I am going to be having my free webinar about the recession. It is going to be um, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Eastern time. 12 Pacific time, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. Yes, June 30th, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, all the times in between. And it is the nine key steps that you need to take to design a recession-proof pet business. So again, free webinar. Um, I will drop registration down here below so you can get access to the registration form. Uh, it's going to be about a 60-minute webinar. I've got a lot of information to tell you guys. And uh, of course, there'll be some Q&A at the end. So buckle up. There will be a recording that can be accessed afterwards. But I would love to have you guys actually attend live. Um, it will be so much better for the Q&A for me to be able to really answer some questions live. So excited about that. Excited about this series on hiring. Um, definitely make it a great week. And what is your next best move?